Welcome back to the South Coast End Zone podcast and Facebook Live series. We're now looking ahead at week four. It seems like the high school football season just flies by sometimes. It really does. All right. So uh, week week three was interesting. We had a lot of games uh, postponed from Friday to Saturday. So we ended up with a lot of Saturday afternoon games because uh, of uh, some weather issues. But there were a few teams that played Friday night. Uh, and it allowed some of us to get out to two games, like myself. So You were the there, lucky one. I there were some positives and negatives. Yeah, you were stuck in the office on Friday night, which Although is not it wasn't, nearly as it fun. wasn't that bad, considering the weather. <laughs> exactly. I was lucky. Uh, Bridgewater Random has a nice press box. So I kept uh, warm and dry the whole time. And we even had the windows open, and the rain was coming straight down, so it wasn't coming in the window. So all things considered, that's a win in the re- sports reporting world. Yeah, but all three teams of ours that played Friday night in the rain... Didn't go well no. for him, yes. No. It, was, it was a tough night. <laughs> yes, the, the, the losses rained down on Friday night. Definitely. There's our, got all the bad puns out of the way early here. <laughs> all right, well, let's... Uh, let's look ahead, yeah, bu- week four. Busy week, uh, week four. Um, we'll start off by uh, talking about uh, Poniquit at Greater New Bedford Vogue Tech Friday night at 7 p.m. Uh, something's got to give, right? Someone's got to get a win. Uh, two winless teams, uh, both 0-3 uh, after you know the first three weeks of the season. And uh, I think both have shown little glimpses of, uh, of good things. Um, you know, I think last week, uh, Vogue Tech scored its first offensive touchdown of the season. Uh, Devin Santos uh, broke off a 64-yard touchdown run uh, with about a minute left in that game. I think you were at, at that game, Brennan. And- they did. They also had a new quarterback, a sophomore, who uh, he actually uh, – some of their best offense was actually passing, which I know is not the direction they want to be going in this year, but they were two or three passing the ball and uh, got a couple first downs that way. So Yeah, and I, I think they finished, uh, according to your story, uh, or box score was 137 yards of total offense, which might be more than the first two weeks combined. Yes, although so. 64 of it was on that one run with a minute left. Hey, it all counts, right? Yep, exactly. And they they uh, you know they didn't lose a lot of yards. They, they were not a team that went backwards a lot. They, uh, they just, a lot, you know, they're running that triple option. And they had a lot of zero, one, two yard gain. So they really need some of the blocking probably to uh, shore up in order to turn those two yard gains into four yard gains. And then all of a sudden, three, four yard gains get a first down. Repeat. Yep. And Aponiquit uh, ended up losing last week um, to Seacock 29 to 7 uh, uh, Friday night in the rain. And that kid, uh, Terry Smith, the quarterback at Seacock, is just unbelievable. A kid completed 22 out of 34 passes for 378 yards, four touchdowns. Three of those were in the fourth quarter, and he didn't even have his top receiver uh, healthy for the game. And was playing in some of the and worst was, conditions yes. you could imagine for trying to throw the ball. Wind, rain, uh, yeah. mist, wet. I mean, the game out of the New Bedford game I was at must have had at least a half dozen fumbled snaps alone. So I can't imagine trying to get a good grip on the ball. Yeah, and uh, I mean, Poniquit, really, if you look at who they've played to start start the year, the Lakers, they open with Middleborough, you know, who is projected to be one of the top teams in the area. Then they played Old Rochester week two, and now they've played a Seacock team, you know, that that's, you know, throwing for 378 yards in, in really horrible weather. I mean... They've they've had a tough tar- start to the year, and um, they only had one really strong drive, and that uh, ended up getting capped off with a Shane Cooney um, touchdown run, uh, two yards, 
with uh, about 7.42 left in that first half. And really, they weren't able to do much more offensively in that second half. I don't think they got past the 35 uh, the rest of the game. So, you know, getting the offense on track this week, you know, establishing themselves early against Vogue Tech will kind of be key in that game. And they've only com- uh, scored a combined 19 points in their first uh, th- three games this year. So Yeah, I got to get that offense going. It, it did look, uh, I saw them both play against Old Rochester. Uh, Ponica did move the ball better against Old Rochester. Uh, they never moved it consistently, but they got a few first downs here and there. Uh, they had, uh, you know, more, not big plays, but they had more of those six, seven, eight, nine-yard gains than Voketech had. Uh, so, you know, I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, I, th- I think my guess is Aponiquid has a little bit of the edge in that one, but uh, we'll see. It certainly uh, will will be the closest game of the year for both of them so far. Yep, and I'm going to be at the game, so I, I want to see who's going to win this one. <laughs> all right, and if it's anything like today, we're still not in the hot chocolate weather at all yet. Yeah. I, th- I heard it's supposed to cool a little right, bit that's tomorrow good. and the next day, so we'll see it, if that It's happens. been hot and humid the last couple. It doesn't seem like the end of September at Maybe all. Maybe cold chocolate? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm sure Duncan sells some type of iced hot chocolate, right? It's got to be a, on that long, lengthy menu. Yeah. Well, uh, next game is uh, Durfee is visiting Dartmouth, 7 p.m. on Friday night. Um, Durfee, 0-3, uh, coming into this game, and Dartmouth, 1-2, and uh, coming off a loss to LaSalle uh, Academy out of Rhode Island this past week. Uh, just offensive struggles. Third straight week, uh, the Indians have scored just one touchdown, you know, uh, in that in each of the games. Um, but despite, you know, the, 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 the struggles on offense, they were, they were up 7-0 at the half. So the defense once again did their job in that, that first half. And then just eventually uh, LaSalle ended up making some plays and, uh, you know, kind of taking advantage of some, some of the mistakes by Dartmouth and, uh, you know, coming out and, and winning that game. Uh, Nate Ellis had the lone touchdown for Dartmouth, but they really need to get kind of more people involved and just yes, yeah. more. It was looking a little bit like last year when the offense was kind of almost all Cole Jacobson. It's got to be more than just Nate Ellis this year. Yeah, and uh, Durfee, uh, been, been outscored a combined 70-7 to in their first three games this year, all losses. Uh, they did finally get on the scoreboard this past week against Wellesley. Uh, quarterback Latrell Canto, he connected with uh, Wilfredo Yabar for, on a 35-yard touchdown strike, um, but it just re- really wasn't enough. They had too many mistakes, turnovers, penalties. It cost them down the stretch. Um, they were shut out their first two weeks. Uh, the defense has actually played some good ball, uh, according to our friends at the, the Fall River Herald. I reached out to them. Um, well, and a lot, a lot of our readers know uh, Justin Cruz as their defensive coordinator. Yep, and uh, especially against the run um, is, is what I've heard. They've played some strong defense there, but the offense just really isn't giving much help, which it's kind of the same boat Dartmouth is in. You know, defense is playing super strong, and mm-hmm. then the offense just really hasn't been able to kind of, you know, find find a groove or you know or get much going so uh and of the end of the offenses that have struggled so far we talked about Aponquit, Vogue, Dartmouth all their offenses struggled Dartmouth has probably moved the ball the best yes it has the most yards they've gotten up and down the field they just had some issues with turnovers penalties penalties all those things that make you go backwards yeah or or just not being able to you know you're you're not being able to convert on fourth down in a spot in a spot where you're not going to punt the ball you know and you're not going to try and kick a field goal and it's just you know, not being able to to make those plays when they really matter. Too many drives that uh, end up around the thirty or something. Mm-hmm. Yep. That, uh, but this does seem like the most. Uh, they had a tough schedule to open the year. Dharma's first. Uh, what will end up being their first four games? Will end or five games? Will end up being 
four really tough ones, and then this is kind of the one in the middle there with Durfee. But yep. yeah, I mean, opening up uh, obviously a tough one against Central Catholic, and then uh, Attleboro. Attleboro, and then LaSalle, yeah. and then after this they have Bridgewater Raynham. So Big, going yeah, through the gauntlet early in the season, so they kind of need to pick up a win here, I'd say. Yeah, definitely to keep their playoff chances uh, alive um, there. So now uh, Barnstable is coming to town, New Bedford, uh, Friday night, 7 p.m. Uh, both teams are one and two. Coming into this matchup, uh, Barnesville is coming off, uh, finally got in the win column this past week, beating Axton uh, Boxborough by 16. Uh, the Red Raiders um, had been outscored 74 to 14 in their first two games, uh, losses to Dennis Yarmouth and Duxbury. But this past week, Sam Rosen, uh, he had a huge day. He caught a touchdown pass, and then he he also hauled in three interceptions on defense. Ooh. Yeah, you don't hear that too often. He's got good hands, I guess. <laughs> uh, and see, uh, senior running back Ryan Welsh, um, he carried the ball th- uh, 94 uh, yards on uh, 26 carries, and he scored three touchdowns. So they were able to get the job done on the ground. They had you know, the passing touchdown. Defense made some big plays. Uh, so it sounds like they're really kind of mo- riding some momentum into the New Bedford game. And New Bedford... Uh, Whew, no momentum there. there. There couldn't be less momentum coming out of that game. Uh, I was down on the field before the game uh, in the rain talking to Mark DeBrito, and uh, he, he was not happy. He had several players out for non-football-related issues, and uh, he was just a little bit down about that. He was, uh, you know, he knew he had a tough task in Bridgewater rain. I mean, even at full strength, they probably wouldn't get him, but he was kind of lamenting that if, if he had everyone there, he thought they could make it a game, yeah. uh, but they just didn't come close. They just uh, were out of sorts the whole night. Uh, the conditions were kind of perfect for Bridgewater Raynham and the opposite for New Bedford. You know, New Bedford likes to throw the ball a lot. They didn't get anything going in the passing game, just three completions, and only one of those went for more than five yards, uh, whereas Bridgewater Raynham was just running the ball every time and successfully and uh, that was without their star running back. So New Bedford, uh, I asked Coach Mark DeBrito if he was going back to the drawing board after that one. Uh, uh, he said there really wasn't a lot to take out of that game. Just It was kind of one to forget. Yeah, yeah sometimes so. when it, it, it's that bad, especially with the weather conditions, not having everybody that you're expecting to have and then going up against a team like Bridgewater Random that's ranked usually top 10 in the state every year, you know, it's it's a hard measuring stick really to to kind of see and and New Bedford only managed uh, 58 yards of total offense in that game. Uh, Honestly, I'm actually a little surprised at that number after watching. I thought it would even be lower. Really? It's actually I, watching the game. I it was yeah. They they really didn't move the ball at all. Well, the, the two of their best plays were uh, Baron Hilton taking uh, one of them looked like it was a, it was a called fake punt and the other one was a bad snap that he. So two of their best plays were him running on. Uh, punts on fourth down and neither time he even got a first down but wow. he got about 14 yards on those two and they just they didn't do much with the ball and they didn't do much defensively so they'll be definitely looking to bounce back hopefully they got everyone healthy hopefully we see nigel palmer yeah for the first time this season uh where it is he's going to be uh, ready to go so and uh, and the, him. the bright uh bright news too or uh bright spot for new bedford is uh they're finally home Yes, <laughs> three games. Uh, they opened the first three great games on the on the road this season, which is not ideal at all. Um, so now finally get some uh, what are they, home cooking. Uh, <laughs> exactly. I'm sure they'll be uh, happy to play in front of the home crowd. And uh, it's like, uh, what is it, San Antonio that goes on the circus trip every year and plays like 18 straight road games in the NBA. Uh, that was New Bedford to open the season uh, this year. So and that game's uh, Friday night at New Bedford at 7 p.m. Uh 
I guess the the game of the week. Or yeah, the, the real the game big that you, game of the week. If you're undecided on which game to go to, yes, uh, go to Wareham. Seaconk uh, is uh, visiting Wareham Friday night at 7 p.m. Uh, both teams enter the game on two game winning streaks. Uh, they're both two and one, and uh, this is a big South Coast Conference B division title or small, small or or whatever, whatever the wa- words of your choice are yeah <laughs> whatever you want to call it uh lower whatever whatever it is uh it's really going to be kind of a um a battle between the passing game and the running game i mean you know wareham loves to run the ball uh you have isaac nazimento who's you know the the, the school's all-time touchdown uh leader and you know he's uh carried the ball 18 times for 168 yards last week and scored three touchdowns as uh wareham beat fairhaven and he's just really continued the season that he had last year when he won, you know, the Offensive Player of the Year for the Standard Times. Um, and then you have Seekonk, who loves to throw the ball. Uh, I talked to Coach Vernon Crawford earlier tonight, and I don't know if he was joking. I think he was serious. He said their goal every game is to come in and, and throw for 500 yards. Um, last week they fell a little short, 378. But considering the conditions, that uh, that Ooh. probably translates to 500 in dry weather. Yeah, I 378 mean... 378 rainy uh, I, counts as 500 dry. Yeah, Terry Smith, he completed 22 of 34 passes, 378 yards, four touchdowns, and he didn't even have his top receiver who was out for the game. And this kid has been, you know, unstoppable the past two weeks. I, I found out from Vernon tonight that they, won- they lost week one and Terry didn't play in that game. He was hurt, so he... So they're with, undefeated with Terry. Yes, yes. And this kid can throw the ball. Um, they can also, they, they proved two weeks ago um, against uh, Fairhaven that they can also run the ball. In that game, I know we were... We were scary. Yeah, they, you know, they had one kid who I think carried the ball and for I don't know, 170 or 180 yards in that game and scored some touchdowns. And he said, we just want to get out fast. We want to score quickly. Uh, he said, we, pretty much our whole offense is like a two-minute drill. So it's going to be quick, 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 and it's really going to – this game is going to test Wareham's depth or lack of depth. I mean, it's really going to be, you know, hope, hopefully Wareham That's can kind tough. of sustain I mean, some they're, drives. They're running that many plays and they're running that quickly and you're yeah. exerting that much energy on defense. Yeah. When you're playing – most kids are playing both ways. How much energy is left for the offensive end? It's going to be a real test. Yeah, and, and really Wareham's secondary is going to be tested big time. And, uh, I mean, this is a huge game because we also have Case in that, that B or small division yeah, of the South Coast Conference. it's a three-team race right now. Yeah, it's a three-team race. And then both of these teams haven't played Case, so so they'll face them, I think, in back-to-back weeks. And, and you know, one of those teams will kind of emerge uh, out of that, uh, the, the B division and, you know, play the top A division team for the overall conference title. So this is definitely a big game Friday night, Seekonk at Wareham. We could look back at the end of the season and decide that this game decided the uh, small division champ. Or yeah. It's possible. Definitely. So uh, Atlantis Charter School um, is visiting. Have you ever we, heard of them? Because we hadn't. Yeah. Um, well, I did a little research. Right. Uh, they are Enlighten us. Well, they are, supposedly they're visiting staying on Friday night at 7 p.m. Um, they are based in Fall River. Uh, this is the first year they're having any varsity sports. Um, their head coach is Drone Thompson, um, but they don't have a football field. Uh, all of their games are on the road. Uh, this past week they had to forfeit uh, a game to Martha's Vineyard because they did not have enough healthy uh, players. <sighs> so word is from our friends at the Follower Herald that they may or may not have a game this week against Dang. Um, it depends on if they have enough healthy players. Um to, to field a team. So I'm sure Stang's hoping they 
play. Yes, yes. I'm sure they would like to get out there and play and, and get in, you know, hopefully, you know, play for their first win under Dennis Golden as opposed to, to getting the forfeit. Um, but, you know, I was at the staying game last week against Sandwich, and even though, though the Spartans lost 13-7 to in that game, there was just a lot of good things they did. Um, you know, the first two weeks they gave up an average of 41 uh, points per game in two lopsided losses. Um, but then they held Sandwich to 13 points, and really – both touchdowns kind of came on like fluke plays, you know, uh, staying was up, uh, late in the, the first half. And, and instead of, you know, punting the ball on fourth down, they went for it. You know, the, the quarterback got intercepted and then brings it back down to, you know, um, the, the staying, I don't know if it was like 20 yard line and then they ended up scoring off of that. And then, um, there was another play that set up the other touchdown where, uh, it was a pass and the kid was clearly out of bounds. Thanks to, uh, I get to see the replay from the new Bedford <laughs> cable access. They showed it right there. And the kid was about two feet out of bounds and that set up the other touchdown. Um, so it was kind of a few things went against the Spartans, but the defense, you know, I mean, they really were standing strong. They really, you know, made some plays, you know, they were pl- also, the team was playing like a really great field position, you know, like instead of, you know, trying to go for go for it most of the time they would punt um and uh dennis golden's son is the punter um and he i mean he was doing a great job you know pinning them deep and that's actually how they got their only touchdown at uh tim manley um rushing score in that first half and it, it really just seemed like all the momentum stang had you know got deflated in that second half um you know where, where the offense had opportunities but just couldn't convert you know it was like a play here a play there and and uh dennis golden after the game said you know this is week three. No more excuses. I know yeah, it's a new system. This is when things should be coming together. Yeah. They should be starting to figure things out at this point. You and know. It looked like they were close. Yeah. It was like they were right on the door and they were knocking and it was like, <laughs> let us in. Let us in. And um, so so we'll see um, what's going to go on this week. Um, Seems like chances are that door should swing open, whether it's a win on the field or a forfeit this week. Yeah. So, so um, but, uh, but if that game does take place, it'll be uh, 7 o'clock uh, Friday night at Bishop Stang. And Fairhaven uh, hits the road to go to Case uh, this Friday night, 7 p.m. Um, Fairhaven is 1-2. and two. Um, They've lost their last two games, uh, including a, a loss last Saturday to Wareham, 20-8. to eight. Uh, Case, 3-0 to right. start the year. Um, Cardinals are, uh, you know, kind of off to a, a great start. They beat Bourne week one, then they beat Diamond, and then they um, beat um, – actually, Bourne last week – um, Diamond week two and Bristol Plymouth week one. They're averaging over uh, 32 points per game while only giving up seven. Um, and they've kind of switched. It's a program their, that's come a long way in the last few years. You know, I think it all kind of started uh, to Brendan Costa, which you know, I mean, this kid was a stud, and he really kind of turned the, the the program around and the culture around at the school. Um, and they were running a spread option with him, and now they've switched to a wing T. So even though they've made that change, they've just still been able to have the success. Um, the big guys uh, on offense, uh, quarterback Divin, uh, uh, Dylan, Divin, Devin. Devin Prolix and uh, running backs Chris Costa, who used to be a wide receiver, and He's also Brennan's little brother. Yep. He's a little little taller, a little skinnier. Uh kind of more uh more long strides he's yep. you know he's a little like casa was uh kind of a little quick and he had quick quick feet and stuff like that uh his brother's a little more of a glider i guess you know yeah. down the field yeah and last week um jeremy uh i don't know if i'm saying this right t-boat t-boat 
um, he was injured. This in, is why we like writing and not, yes, uh, and not talking. For, for uh, he was injured in the preseason and he made his de- debut last week uh, against Bourne and uh, having 136 yards um, in that game. Uh, but really, uh, Case, they like to run the ball. Uh, they've only completed uh, one pass, and that was a, a touchdown um, to Costa in that game, you know, the game last week. And, you know, it's going it's to be kind of the rushing attack, um, which Fairhaven has had a little bit of success doing both. Um, even though they, they're one and two this year, they've been able to score. Um, I know last week they only had one touchdown against Wareham, but the first two weeks they were able to put some points on the board, but they just, you know, weren't able to, to kind of hold the opposition, you know, especially against Seekonk, um, kind of in check because they don't have that depth. You know, um, if the defense gets stretched too much, you know, if kids playing – Offense, defense, and special teams. Um, but really, hold you know, Wareham to twenty, though that's a feat in of itself. Well, that I mean, that is kind of the thing that they can, you know, kind of put the feather in their cap is that you know Wareham had scored forty week one and week two back to back weeks, and then Fairhaven held them to just twenty, so you know halfway um, below their average. And twice uh, Fairhaven stopped uh, Wareham in the red zone. So you know. The defense is playing strong. The offense has shown some glimpses of uh, of uh, good things, but you know, Case is another tough challenge for Fairhaven. And this this will be a good measuring stick to see how good Case really is too, and see if they're really at that level and ready to uh, compete for that SEC small title. Yeah, with uh, with both Wareham and uh, Seekonk. and Seekonk, yeah. So uh, another game here. Normally, this game would kind of be our game of the week. Um, Traditionally, uh, or at least last year, I think it was um, Old Rochester, Dighton, Rehoboth. Normally, you'd think this would be uh, a long way towards the SEC large title. But, yeah, uh, so uh, which it's, it's still it's it's a little bit, but uh, DR doesn't seem to be quite as uh, yeah they, tough as they are in years well, past. Well, graduation hurt. Uh, they graduated a lot of kids, um, you know, and they have you know not to say a new coaching staff. Um, Coach Moore has been with the program for a while, but with Dave Driscoll stepping down, you know, there's going to be a little bit of change. Um, you know, with- He wouldn't be a Hall of Fame coach if there wasn't a little bit of a change <laughs> after he leaves. Right? Yeah, yes. You don't want to leave and then everything would go exactly as it was before because then you're like, hmm, what was I doing? Yeah, um, but DR, uh, they're 0-3, the Falcons, to start the year. They've been outscored a combined 69-30, to and that's Ooh. in losses to Lincoln-Sudbury, our new Bedford High, and uh, Somerset-Berkeley. Um, they've scored more than one touchdown just once this year. So offense has really been a problem for them. Um, you know, and, and it, they've, they've faced, you know, I mean, Lincoln Sudbury, I'm not too sure. We don't really have too many teams that play them, but you know, Somerset Berkeley is kind of right in the mix for that South coast conference, you know, a, or, or large school title, um, you know, and, and new Bedford, I think in the, in that game really finally showed everything of what they could do, um, you know, in that, that win. Um, but, you know, this past week against Somerset Berkeley, um, DR was held to just 47 yards of offense in that, that second half. And uh, the lone touchdown came on a 39-yard uh, run by Steven Silva, who's kind of the uh, – or Sylvia, who's kind of that leftover from the core group that they've had the last few years. I think this kid's been playing on varsity at least since his sophomore year, maybe, maybe even freshman year. Um, so – there's some struggles going on this this year at Dighton Rehoboth. Uh, meanwhile, I'm sure, Old Rogers not taking them easy though, because no. they know that they need to get this win. If they can get this win, they play Somerset Berkeley the next week for the de facto yeah. SEC large championship. So yeah. this is kind of they can't sleep on DR. They got to get this win, and, and, and you know, going to the next week. And also, there's um, not to say a little bit of you know payback from last year, oh, yes. but uh, but last <laughs> year, you know, Old Rochester won the regular season matchup, and then. 
um, I think it was uh, 19 to nine. But then in the playoffs, they faced each other um, in the first round. And at that point, OR was undefeated. You know, they had all the confidence going. And DR. A, they were thinking they might have a long playoff run. Yeah, and, and DR came to, to, to Mattapoisin and, and beat them. And it, it was bad. I was at that game. I, I want to say the Bulldogs had eight turnovers. And it was just, it was. It was a rough, rough game, especially where you have playoff. You know, the playoffs had just begun. There was all these high hopes, and um, so I know a little bit of that's going to be on some of these kids' minds because um, you know Harry was on that team and a lot of the the you know other linemen and different people. Um, but I mean, is there any stop? Anything? Anybody Ooh, to stop that, Or this that's year? That's the question. The I don't know if it'll be this week, but uh, they just uh, they get the ball and they just turn out yards, uh, and they haven't had to pass yet. That that'll be the test. If anyone can force them to pass, that'll be the big question they have to answer. Yeah. Probably is, uh, but no one has been able to stop both Will Garcia and Harry Smith in the same game, and they've yeah. rarely even stopped one of them. Yeah, uh, Poniquet had some success. They they held Harry under 100 yards, which is fairly impressive. Mm-hmm. But uh, and in week one, Will Garcia I think was under 100 yards, but uh, combined they have what 1,036 rushing yards. And- 14, 14 touchdowns. 14 to- nine touchdowns for he has to be. I mean, Seth Andrade probably would wear him as the other guy, but those are probably the two biggest kind of breakout guys. Yeah. This season. Oh, definitely, definitely. Um, I mean, I don't think anyone was going to be like, oh, after three weeks, uh, Will Garcia, he'll have nine touchdowns. Yeah, and he's leading the area in scoring with a couple two point conversions with fifty eight points. I mean, that's and I know huge. at least six of those touchdowns are of thirty yards or more. Yeah. So wow. So big he's, plays. Uh, quite a weapon. Yeah. And uh, yeah, because basically, you know, Harry, you know, Harry's got the dive play. There's only a couple plays that seems like they run for Harry, but uh, he makes them effective. And so teams fill up the box and concentrate on that. And then Will around the end uh, is getting leverage uh, on the edges. Yeah, and uh, you know, when Justin Kogler took over the program, uh, the team had lost five five straight games to open that that season, and since then they've won 17 out of their last 20. He's definitely uh, not necessarily, I'd say, turned things around because they were successful before him, yeah. but uh, they've kind of reached a new level in the last couple of years. Yeah, and I think they really found kind of an identity under him. Sometimes, you know, when you get that coach, you know, it, it they, you don't ever know if you really have a true identity, but, I mean, they're – their their ground attack is just just yeah, he does great things with the offensive line. They're yeah. just very they get their blocks. I mean they just against Voktek and Aponquit, they were getting the push off the line every time. And you know the guys on the other team know exactly what's coming. Yeah, you know they're not going to throw it. They're going to be running the ball, and they still they win the point of contact every time. It's amazing. So uh, that game is all uh, Rochester at Dighton Rehoboth, seven p.m. on Friday night. And that wraps up the Friday games. We got one more on Saturday, though. Yep, Old Colony. And last week we were saying Old Colony was the, the only show in town on Saturday, and it turned out Mother Nature. I yeah. don't know if she had other it's plans. crowded schedule by the time oh, it was all it was, over. It was busy. But uh, Old Colony uh, visits uh, South Shore Saturday at 11 a.m. Uh, uh, they're actually looking for, uh, what is it now, the, the third straight win because they won back-to-back. Yeah, back lost the, the opener, and then uh, things have gotten a little bit better. Yeah, they got the job done this past week against Blue Hills. That was a tight game, 16-14. to 14. Um, They got uh, the job done on the ground, Jared Gagney, uh, 70 yards, while uh, Brad Plissy added 57, um, you know, and, and he ended up scoring on a 56-yard scamper on uh, uh, Matt Bumpus, uh, quarterback, ended up punching in a one-yard touchdown run in that game, and 
you know, a couple weeks in a row for with a touchdown for the sophomore quarterback. Yeah, so he's he's really doing some uh, some big things for them, and and you know, it, it looked like it was a dogfight in that game. Um, you know, and it usually always is um, with them in Blue Hills, and and uh, you know, the defense stood strong, only giving up the two touchdowns in that game. And they've uh, been strong all season. It's the offense yeah. has been a little more up and down. Yeah. So I mean, at least in this, you know, at least the offense was able to 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 get the two touchdowns and and you know get the conversions to to to, to win that game. But um, uh, South Shore ended up opening the season with a 14-6 to win over Holbrook, um, but they've lost back-to-back games to West Bridgewater and Sacred Heart. Um, South Shore is averaging 14 points per game, but giving up tw- uh, just over 23. Um, last week, South Shore's only touchdown in that game came on a 30-yard run by Shane Foger. Um, so, you know, this is a team that's kind of had some ups and downs. I know last year uh, Old Colony beat them 27 to 6. Um so probably could expect it to be a little bit closer than that, um especially with, you know, the offense still kind of finding its identity and and you know, kids starting to, you know, make some plays and kind of, you know, get some chemistry out there, but the defense, you know, I expect the defense to be strong again. Old Colony seems to be the team that uh, at least this season is uh you're just not quite sure. You know, this is maybe the biggest toss-up game that yeah. there is this week. Uh, they're probably, when you're making the picks, I'm guessing, they're one of the harder teams to pick. Yeah, well, I picked uh, them to been, win last week, and Buddy They're one of the only teams that keeps playing close games, too. We've had a yeah. lot of blowouts this yeah. year, and O'Connor keeps playing close ones. So, uh, But that, that'll that wrap up the action for uh, for week four. It's a big, busy slate we have going. Uh, lots yeah, of games. Yeah, seven games on Friday night, weather permitting. Yeah. yeah so. Got to say that every time now. We've learned our lesson. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for uh, listening to the uh, South Coast End Zone Week 4 podcast. Thanks for watching on Facebook Live. Uh, we're going to be covering the games as usual on Twitter at SC underscore Varsity, on Instagram at SC Varsity, on Snapchat at SC Varsity, on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash, this one's a little bit different, South Coast Varsity MA. Somebody beat us to the SC Varsity uh. there. Had to be quicker. Uh, if only we'd known back in 2005 or whatever when Facebook started. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, thanks for tuning in again. Thanks for being here, Lori. Oh, no problem.